everybody. Welcome to RUF. Welcome to the last large group of the semester. Uh, a little bit of a tradition now. We're doing lessons and carol service today. So if you know something's a little different than usual, it's exciting. So I hope you guys are ready for a good time this evening. We'll get things off started with small groups. There's no better person to talk about small groups than Anna Bybaum. Uh, okay, so my name is Willis. Welcome to RUF. I've been here before. 
And um, what this, if you haven't done this before, you may have done this somewhere in church, I'm going to shorten my sermon to like seven minutes to make room for scripture. From both the scriptures written before Jesus came in the Old Testament and the ones written after he came in the New Testament. Because the whole Bible is about him. And we have paired these scripture readings that uh, members of our servant team are going to read. We've paired them so that uh, the New, Te a New Testament reading follows an Old Testament reading on the same theme. To make it easier to understand, all the Old Testament before Jesus writings are read by a guy, and all the New Testament after Jesus writings are read by a girl. So you can just kind of keep that in mind as we go through. Occasionally, I think twice in this service, there'll be a responsive reading up front where you'll see up front words that are, that says all, and then in bold words. You'll read that along with the person up front, so don't miss out on your chance for this faith. Uh, and other than that, we're glad you're here seeing worship. Um, one that, note quickly, if you're a reader and I've asked you to read, you have me to grab one of these handy colored programs. Go ahead and grab that. It's on the back welcome table. Uh, and I think, last thing is, um, kind of the whole point of this, you may be like, why do I do this? It's not even December yet. Well, I'm glad you asked. Advent season begins this Sunday, officially. For most churches and denominations around the world, officially starts this coming Sunday. We're giving you a head start. To kind of usher you into the headspace of looking forward to Christmas, expecting the second coming of Jesus, remembering the first coming of Jesus. So consider this your permission to fully start diving into the Christmas spirit and Advent and your Christmas music playlist. I know I have already. All that said, uh, I will pray, and then Daniel will come up for the first Old Testament reading. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this chance. We thank you that. You have come to us, and that you come to us is a gift that we may not know how to receive, but we definitely need to receive you, and you came. And so we pray that even as we join our hearts and our voices in song, as we join our ears in hearing your word, that you, Lord, you would usher our hearts into a season of longing for your coming, longing for you. So we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Feel free to stand so as you go tonight and do the songs. <coughs>
then God said, Let us make man in our own in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We have been a long time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, 
and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our neighbors.
in life, we want often the wrong things. And we fail to want the right things sometimes. And we see that in our passage. This is Romans 7, verse 15, right in the middle of the book. He talks about this. He says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members, that's a word for like the parts of my body, just in my life, my members, my actions, I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? This is basically just saying what we all know. We do what we don't want, and we don't do what we do want. We have a broken want-to. I'm still in that from another pastor who said that. I like that. Our want-tos are broken. The things in us, whatever that muscle or mental thing is that makes us want things, they're broken. They're disordered. They want things that are actually bad for us. And sometimes we can want something and also not want it at the same time, which gets confusing. Not only do we want the wrong things, we fail to want the things that are really, really good for us. I mean, like, I would much rather eat a smoothie from Artie's than, or what do they call those? Uh, what do they call it? Frosty? A milkshake? You know what I'm talking about. Pick your milkshake of choice, donuts, whatever it is. We want that. When it actually what our body really wants is, like, delicious spinach and lean meats and other good things. But, like, we want things that are not good for us. We don't want the things that are good for us. And this is true in relationships. This is true of substances. This is true of behaviors. And yet Jesus comes in the midst of this broken want to that we have. And he gives us a new set of desires. A new set of loves. And you've experienced this if you're in Christ. You've noticed new things wake up like, oh, all of a sudden I want Jesus. I want God above all else. I want his word. I want time with his people. I want to worship him. I want to obey him. Verse 22 says, we delight in the law of God in our inner being. That's not true of somebody who's lost. He's not a Christian. Verse 18, we desire to do what is right. Sometimes, you know, even with our disordered wants, we do want what is right, but even when that's true, it's contested by our old desires that want what's bad for us. Verse 23, we see this contest. I see in my parts of my body, my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that lives in me. So what I want you to hear, I know this sounds kind of depressing, part of it is, but what I want you to hear is that this is a normal part of the Christian life, this experience. If the Apostle Paul who wrote like half the New Testament, had this experience of looking at his life, his behaviors, and his desires, and being like, I'm doing the stuff I don't even want to do. And the stuff that I shouldn't want to do, that I kind of do want to do, I'm not even doing that stuff. If that's his experience, that's part of the normal Christian life. And it does not make you not a Christian. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. If that's you, it makes you a Christian who desperately needs Jesus, like we all do, even after you've been converted. Right? Every day. We need Jesus the most in the midst of the wretchedness of wanting the wrong things. 
and not wanting the, the right things. And I have been there, guys. Many days I'm still there. And that just leads us into a real quandary, doesn't it? Where like, you walk right into this thing that is bad for you. You're like, why did I come here? I didn't want this, but part of you did. That's our wretchedness. Now our rescuer. Verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So let's talk about our bodies. Our bodies of death, our bodies that the want-tos lead us to things that are not good for us, that tend towards our death and destruction. And yet, Jesus Christ, when he was born as an infant, a little baby in a stable in Bethlehem, he held in his tiny body, you know, six, seven pounds, eight pounds, was enough to contain the healing of the entire human race and all of our broken bodies, the brokenness of our broken want-tos. And his body throughout his life remained perfectly pure, without any disordered desire or want. He never did the wrong thing, so that he could offer his body for ours. And that his body, when it was offered, would be a perfect sacrifice for our sin, a perfect atonement for our guilt, perfect redemption for our slavery. His body was the perfect offering. It was the perfect gift. So as we remember the infant body of Jesus during Christmas, remember that Jesus calls all those who believe in him. He calls all those who believe in him. He calls us his body. He calls the church his body. Not the building. You. He calls us his body in some mysterious way. We're his body. And even with our broken want-tos, we're his body. Even with our sins and struggles, we're his body. And we don't need to fear that when we come to him, he will reject us or be disappointed with us. Even when we come with the same old sin to, to confess time and again, or even when we come with a new sin, that we're like, whoa, where did that come from? Didn't expect that one. Even when we come like that, we will never be rejected if we're in Christ because he loves to heal his own body. The book Gentle and Lowly puts it this way, Jesus Christ is comforted when you draw from the riches of his atoning work because his own body is getting healed. When you come to him and present your mess to God, he loves to heal you. He loves to forgive you because you're his body. So the baby in the manger in Bethlehem came to save you, to love you, to heal you, and he accomplished his work, right? Even at Christmas when he's a little baby, we know that he accomplished his work. So glory to God in the highest. Repent and believe the gospel anew tonight. Amen. So let's keep worshiping.
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. In him you have, have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. <coughs> Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption.
from 2 Corinthians. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light and the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So go out, therefore, in joy, even in the darkest of night, that his light may shine in and through you, for the darkness will never overcome it. Behold, the Savior is coming soon. All God's people said, Come, Come Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Go in peace or standing up. Is it actually in the squad of this time? I don't know.